Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. But expressing that thankfulness is something that is, is sometimes very difficult, and it's something we have to learn from a young age. Uh, my kids aren't old enough to, to speak back to me yet, so it's, it's good in some ways and bad in other ways. And, uh, but uh, I remember when I was a kid, and you might have shared a similar story with me, you may have gone over to a friend's house, or you may have slept over someone's house, or you had dinner, uh, or, you, or someone gave you a present, and you were just about to leave the house, and your mum or your dad tapped you on the shoulder and said, oh, have you said thank you yet? And you're sitting there going, yes, I have. But you hadn't really. You're just trying to say that to your mum. And, and, uh, and then your mum goes, have you said thank you yet? And if it's anything like my mum, she'd ask me three or four times. And I'd go, yes, mum, I've said thank you. And then she'd go behind my back and ask the other person if I'd actually said thank you or not. And find out that I hadn't. And then she'd go, you have to say thank you, Cody. And I'd go, oh, thank you. And she's like, say it like you mean it. Thank you. Okay, say it with some love now. Okay, thank you. Anyone else experienced something similar to that when you were younger? No, a few people nodding, a few people shaking their heads. Obviously, some that are more thankful than others in the place, inherent in your being. But uh, I was thinking about this, and, and you know, over, over a length of period of time, I, I got to the point where I didn't let my mum say that. I would be saying thank you a hundred times before she could even tap me on the shoulder. I'd just say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. She'd be like, you can, you can quiet down now, Cody. But uh, it, was, it was a learned, habitual thing to be thankful. It's not that I wasn't thankful. It's not that I didn't like what had been given or what had been done for me. I was thankful in my heart. And I believe for the most part, we are thankful in our heart, but expressing that thanksgiving is going one step further. And, and if you're looking at me this morning going, well, where's the, the biblical basis for that? Well, I want to draw your attention in just a few more minutes. I want to draw your attention to, uh, uh, to the story of the, of, the, of the ten lepers. And I believe it's in Luke chapter 17. I think it'll come up on the screen for you. And uh, I'll read it from my iPhone because I, don't want to, I want to be looking at you while I, I read this. I want to be looking at your beautiful faces this morning. It says, As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. See, they're asking Jesus for something. To call him Master means they knew that he could heal them. They'd heard the stories. They'd seen the people that were healed. They'd, they'd heard about the, the, the beggar who'd been uh, lifted through the roof and had his, had his life healed and, and things happened to him. And see, they, they're yelling out to Jesus. He looked at them and he said, Go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, so they didn't even get to the priests. As they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, only one out of ten. That's ten percent. When he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God! He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. So in other words, it was a, not even a Jew, not even a person who was supposed to be uh, uh, the religious type, the ones that were favoured by God. He was a Samaritan. He was on the outskirts, an outcast. But he came back and he said, Thank you to Jesus. And then he asked a question that all of us should be asking inside ourselves today. He goes, Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. And you sit there and you go, he's already got his healing. And Jesus is now saying, your faith has healed you. So Jesus will still heal. Jesus still wants to do amazing things in our life. But I believe in this verse, he just points out that gratefulness, that gratitude is one step further. I think he makes point to say there was nine that never came back and thanked me, but you're the one that came back and said thank you. Not that he's favorite anymore, 
but that God loves when, we're gracious, when we, we have gratitude. Lord, God loves it when we come to Him with thanksgiving. And you see, we, we go, okay, in that situation where you've been healed from leprosy, it must be easy to say thank you, not for those other nine men. But then we look at David's story in the book of Psalms and how many trials and how many things he went through, yet he, in every single psalm he talks about giving thanks to God. He has psalms where he talks about his life falling apart, but he says, Lord, I thank you. How do you get from a point of not giving thank you even when you get your miracle to giving thanks even when you don't have your miracle. And I believe it's living a life of gratitude. And, and as we're about to hear some testimonies this morning, I just want to challenge you in the new year. Would you make a decision to live a life of gratitude? Would you make a decision to be that one out of 10 that comes to God and says, God, last year wasn't so good or my circumstances don't look so good, but I'm thankful, God. I'm thankful for all that you've done. Because in doing that, not only are you thankful to God, but your story will encourage other people. And that's what's about to happen this morning. We're about to be encouraged by people's testimonies of what God has done this year. As Cody said, my name's Aaron. You may remember me from such times as being up on the drums. Um, I like what you said about um, kids because I have a two-year-old and we're trying to teach him how to say please, thank you and things like that. So you're giving something and you'll be like, here you go, mate. And what do you say? And he'll be like, please. I'm like, no, you've already got it. What else do you say? Thank you. Good job. He's so cute. But then you know, other times you'll be like, give him something you say, okay, what do you say? And he'll be like, more. And I'm like, not really working. Um, that's fine. He'll get there, I'm sure. Um, I just want to share briefly my story and what happened to me this year, just before Christmas. So I work for an advertising company during the week. Um, I'm just an office manager that manages a whole lot of guys and contractors. And um, this year, I don't know for everyone else, but for our business in particular, in our company, it's a lot of other things. It's been a tough year economically for a lot of people, a lot of businesses, um, you know, economy, finance, all that sort of stuff. So it hasn't been, hasn't been the greatest year. And our business in particular is really feeling it. Now... Um, I had a review coming up just before the end of the year, 12 months, and I was like, oh, I'm really hoping to, you know, get an increase in salary. I'm really hoping to get blessed. I mean, I've been working really hard this year, and that's what I was asking for. I came in, and they said, look, yep, you were doing a project for the last 12 months. You've done really well. We're going to give you a bonus, actually. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Thank you very much. Um, And they said, also, we're also going to give you a pay increase as well. And I was like, whew, this is great. So I'm just like, thank God for that. But this is where it really hit home for me about how much God blesses us even when it doesn't look like we should be getting blessed. Because a week after that, about a month out from Christmas this was, our CEO sent an email out letting all the company know about three redundancies and they just had to let three people go out of the company. And I went, what? And then a week after that, they let us know about another one that they had to let go out of the company. And then another week later, I got told about a fifth one that got let go as well. And I went, how is it possible that... I get a bonus and an increase when people are losing their jobs. And God just literally spoke to me and said, that's because, not only because, I mean, I work really hard, don't get me wrong, I really work hard and and I'm faithful to my work. But God said, that's what happens when I have my hand on you, that I can bless you even when other and the world isn't getting blessed. I can bless you even when you shouldn't be getting blessed. I can bless you even when other people are losing because I have my hand on you and you're serving me faithfully and I'm putting you first, God, and that's what's happened. And I'm so thankful that God can bless us and has blessed me and my family this year when it doesn't look like it should have happened. So God, thank you so much for that. It is amazing. Right. My name is Mochoke. 
<clears throat> Probably a bit difficult for some of you to pronounce and remember my name. Um, well, um, a few years ago, God uh, taught me uh, the value of my words. And uh, as a family, we've been training ourselves to say what he says. And um, when I came over here, I found uh, some people to have been to that school, and one of them is Brownie, uh, who I have heard speak. Uh, and I felt, oh, I've come into the right company. Um, now, uh, so we have trained ourselves to say what he says. Uh, that means to say what God is saying about our lives, uh, irrespective of what may be happening. And uh, we have become our own prophets, so we want to speak the word of God of our lives, uh, because we have discovered as the Word of God teaches in Matthew chapter um, uh, 11, verses 23 to 24, that we can have what we say. Okay, last, not last year, this year on March, I think on March, I can't remember the exact date, uh, I and my wife were driving down on uh, Badrim Avenue towards Morichidon, and uh, we had to stop because there was a car that stopped uh, abruptly uh, in front of us, which was turning right, and there was no way to swerve to, 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 overtake, uh, to overtake that car. And uh, sooner, another driver comes running onto our car and hits us, and we banged onto the car that was in front of us, and our car was written off. But we came out of that car without a scratch. Glory to God. And um, I believe um, we have trained ourselves to be speaking the word of God of our lives, and Psalms 91 is one of our favorite uh, uh, covenant of protection from God, and we speak it. And we believe, uh, even though our car was right off, the angels of God were with us, encamping around us, as Psalms 34 says, to rescue us from the fallen snare. And so, um, uh, we were saved. And just at that side of accident, Somebody comes and tells us, and you know what? Because you're not on fault, you can get a free car. <laughs> you know, we didn't know this, you know. And so uh, we had to contact the people that he told us we can contact, and we got a car from the not on fault. And so we enjoyed driving that car for two weeks uh, before our car could be compensated for. So we want to thank God for his divine protection of our lives. There are many other things we can testify about, but that was one of the greatest miracles that we can say that we have received from God this year. Glory to God. Well, I wasn't going to speak today. I wasn't going to say anything, but I'm sitting up there, and suddenly these words dropped into me, haven't I done anything for you at all this year? <laughs> and, uh, and I thought, okay, get up and go and say it. <laughs> well, my testimony starts um, with last year. And today I'm going to tell you what it's like to be a daughter of God. Because he never fails you. Um, a few months ago, I had a knee injury. And I went to the doctor, and I was put on a referral list, but I had no date of appointment. However, a few months before that, I had a sore thumb. And 
I thought, hmm, what's happening here? Went to the doctor, had some physio, and then they told me I needed to have some surgery. However, the thumb stopped hurting. But when I turned up for the thumb appointment, I kept praying that I would meet a doctor that would understand my knee was the problem and not my thumb. And I had no appointment, remember this. So as I sat there waiting, waiting to go in, I prayed for a doctor that would be understanding. I walked in and met the nicest doctor ever. And I, he asked me how my thumb was, and I said, it's fine. I said, but I really wish you could change my appointment from a thumb to my knee. And he looked at me, and he said, why? Explained to him. He looked at my knee, and he said, I don't think I can do that. I said, sure you can. You're the doctor. I'm your patient. You can do what you like. So <laughs> he looked at me, and he said, uh, let me have a look at the knee. And he said, I'll be back in two minutes. Went out the door. He didn't come back in two. He came back in about ten. And he said, I've just had a talk with my boss. He said, and I'm going to look at some paperwork concerning that knee. He went away, came back, and he said, okay, I'm going to send you for an MRI scan in the room next door. I went for this MRI scan. I came out. And there was the desk where the nurses did admission papers. And they presented me with admission papers. I filled in the admission papers. The same doctor came out and he says, oh, have you had the scan? And I said, yes. I said, go back to the room. Went back to the room. I sat there and he came in and he said, okay. He said, you're going to have this surgery within six weeks. And I went from not having an appointment at all, not even being on the wait list, to having my surgery in four weeks. And I can't tell you, that is something that could only come from God. Because there's no way anybody would have done that for me otherwise. But there is something else. Oh, um, at the end of last year, I dropped out of a group that I was with. And it wasn't a church group. And the company there was not really good. And I dropped out. But I then looked at my life and I thought, what else can I do in the community? So I said to God, look, I said, you've taken me away from there. But what else can I do? I have skills, lots of skills that I learned and I worked at all my life. What can you put me into? And I left it with him. Two weeks later, I got an email. And I don't know who sent the email, but I, I can't believe it. I am now involved with Queensland Health because I have been a nurse all my life. And suddenly, my skills are being put to such good use. And I am so happy with it. And I'm so welcome in the group. And they're so very nice. And the only thing I can say is, when you're a daughter of God, the good things come your way. Thank you. See me in the morning service, because I go to the night service. Um, but this is a, um, a fairly grim story. Uh, about May this year, I got a call, originally from a place called Bougainville Island. 
My mother called me and she said there's been a death in the village. And um, what we had was a young, a young 19-year-old um, member of our, our village. And he'd been uh, taking drugs and stealing and no one could rehabilitate this guy. And my two uncles tried to get him to church. So the village is in a, in a Pacific island. It's a fairly small place where everyone knows everyone. And he was stealing a lot, stealing pots and pans from women's um, house cooks just to buy drugs. And, uh, and then he started to um, threaten kids and women with a machete. And there was a couple of instances in one week where he, he held a baby and he had a machete and he, he threatened to, to cut the baby and he threatened to cut a few mothers up. Uh, so the men of the village said, look, when Junior, you see him back in the village, he's in hiding, crash tackle him, tie him up and get him to the police station. We want him in the cells. So Junior came back in the village. He always carried two knives, a machete and a smaller knife. But um, uh, two uncles and three cousins bravely surrounded him and just tried to talk him down and turn into a bit of a, a fight. And um, he um, fought back and eventually they held him down. Uh, long story short, the police came and got him and took him to the hospital, which is 60 k's on the other side of the island. And he died the next morning uh, from head injuries. So he did get hit. And so um, we, had a, I'd, we had a murder case. So two uncles and three cousins are now in the cells on the island for murder. I got the phone call and I said to my boss, I'm a construction worker here on the sunny coast. I said, I've got to go. I've got to go on a plane and go. And the word that I had, I, my word for that, um, for that day was from Nehemiah. And in the story in Nehemiah, uh, the Israelites are coming back from captivity. They're coming back to Jerusalem and they're building the wall. And all the, you know, the, the people that aren't Jews are, are mocking the, the Israelites. They're building the wall. And they were going to attack and try and take out these wall builders. In a situation like that, what happened next was um, I read about Nehemiah and, uh, and I was just reading it, you know, my daily readings. And I got home and my mum says, it's worse than that. <clears throat> the father's line from this dead kid wants to burn our village down. They've threatened, they're inciting violence over the whole island and threatening to burn down our entire village, um, take all our property, generators. My mum's at Land Cruise, it's the only car in our island, on, on my side of the island that serves like an ambulance. And so uh, about um, 11 months earlier, there'd been a similar case where uh, a whole village had been burnt down, something like 22 houses had been burnt down. So there was a precedent. And I was really worried because this young fellow that now was now dead had caused his own death um, through his actions. But um, now the entire village uh, was a threat from about four villages down inciting violence to burn the entire village down. So everyone was in hiding. And then I got this word when I got off the plane from Nehemiah when they were, Israelites were back building the wall. Uh, he said, um, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives and your homes. And I, and I saw that and I said, thank you, Lord. That's, that's the word I need because... Um, I've got to go and do something. I'm one of the eldest um, in my generation there and I've got a place of leadership. 
and I'm an ex-soldier, so I could do this the wrong way. I'm an ex-military soldier. I've, I served 20 plus years in the Australian Army. I could, I could go about this the wrong way. I need, the God's, I need God's guidance. And so I got all the men together in our big house. So something like 22 young men came. You know, some are married out, so they had to leave their wives in their other homes and come back to our village. And I, and I read this out, and I said, no one's burning down this village. And this is what the word says. Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. And when our enemies heard that we knew of their plans, that God had frustrated them, we all returned to our work on the wall. And so Nehemiah and his, and his, and his people, the Israelites, they carried a sword and a tool and they built the wall of Jerusalem. And in the same, in the same sense, God's word was saying, you can't just sit there and pray, you have to act. Right? So the, the message, I'm sure all of you know someone who is on drugs, you can't rehabilitate him, uh, he's going down the wrong road, it might be one of your sons, your daughters, your brothers, your sisters, and at that point, you've got to fight. And so in this case, uh, we turn that situation around those guys, all our men in the village had to go on day shift and night shift for weeks and I had five guys in jail. And the Lord worked through that whole situation. The person that was inciting violence to burn our village down was arrested by the police and put in jail himself. That was pretty amazing. And I had to get on a plane and come back to Australia. And as I got on the plane, I'm thinking to myself, when's this going to end? Uh, and then all the, because we had a civil war, all the rebels from the area who've got guns hidden somewhere all said no one's going to burn down any village that's not going to happen and so there's this greater protection and it went through the entire island there's going to be no villages burnt down forget about it so i got back on the plane back to australia just praising the lord and i just want to say that the biggest lesson out of this was that for us the sword is the word of god So let's fight. Let's fight for our brothers, our sisters, our mums, our dads, our homes. Keep the sword belted to your side. And that's my testimony for 2019. Um, good morning, everyone. So I've just got, when, when I say you want to be thankful, I've got three words and one's family, the second one's trials, and the third one is growth. Um, in a short time, I lost three family members and I don't tell you that to feel sorry for me, but I felt really alone and God said, we've got such a bigger family for you and this is my family. Through my family here and connecting, it's kept me plugged in. Going through trials, major trials, it's taught me to just stand and be firm and be thankful. It's not easy. But when God just showed me that, so close to giving up, so close, I haven't brought you this far to give up now. So I'm still in the battle, but you'll be hearing my testimony next year. I'm declaring that. And I am so thankful for the growth that God has done in me. And I'm thankful for City Church. So I'm just so thankful to God.
Good morning. My name's Ron. I'm one of the younger members of the family. Um, <laughs> I wasn't going to share with you this morning, but when Margaret came up, I also got that feeling from the Lord saying, didn't I heal you? Aren't I worthy of praise and worship? So I'm here. Um, I'm not a sunny coast person. I live in a town called Kenilworth. Most of you don't know where it is. Um, we've got a property on the river and we run cattle and horses. Vic used to be invited, but she looks longingly at our horses and we, she's no longer welcome in our place. Um, um, why I'm telling you this is that about three months ago, we were feeding horses. We've got nine horses and about 15 head of cattle, but the horses, because some of them are competition horses, have to be fed. So you can imagine this guy of my tender age had to mix all these feeds. Um, and at the same time, I was doing a lot of heavy work on the new property with the tracks and stuff like that. And I woke up one morning with unbelievable pain. I couldn't move my left shoulder. It was that sore. Um, it happened on a, a Wednesday night. And being from Kenilworth, our doctor only arrives Monday, Wednesday and Friday. So I had no chance of seeing her. I went to a physio on that day and he said to me, it's not good. He told me about all the physical things, about tendons being stretched and stuff like that, which didn't help me because I still saw. I saw the doctor on the Friday and she said, look, I can't do much. I'll give you all the scripts to do whatever you have to do, but you're going to have to have an ultrasound and an x-ray next week sometime. And because the shoulder was so bad, she put me put a sling around my arm to mobilise it. Um, that Sunday, I'm trying to get the dates right because being old, I forget dates. Um, during morning prayer, after prayers, I think Pastor Ed was away and Ian Brown prayed for us. He prayed for both Suki and I uh, for my healing and Suki was fairly sick. She had some disease. I'm not sure what it was. Um, and after the meeting, I, after the prayer meeting, I went sort of my daily, weekly journey is to get a cup of coffee and a quinoa biscuit. Both of us eat that on our way home, which is about a 50-minute journey. So, and I had this arm in a sling, and I'm talking to a young lady that's trying to convince her to come to church one day. She will be there. It's just a matter of time. And talking to her, the the sling was so, so flimsy I broke it. And I said, look what you did to my arm, laughing. Anyhow, to cut a long story short, I went for the x-ray and the ultrasound and they booked me in for a cortisone injection and then sent all the details back to the doctor. I got a phone call Friday morning to say, look, you've got to see us, it's, we need to see you. And I said, no, I've got a construction, I'm hosting a construction meeting, I'll be there in the afternoon. And when I got there, she said, look, don't worry about the cortisone injection. She says, there's so much damage in this shoulder, um, I'm sending you to an orthopedic surgeon. And I said, but, but, but why? why? And she said, it's a miracle. And I said, yes, it was a miracle. I told her about the prayer. My shoulder is still damaged, but there's never been any pain since that prayer meeting. So I, I just tell you this because it's, it's something that we all, I, look, I've been on a mission trip. I've seen healing. We've all heard about people being healed, but you yourself personally being healed of something, something special. So I always have that faith, you know. I think we always got too much unbelief that we can't be healed. And we've got to overcome that unbelief and say, Lord, 
I believe you can heal me. It's, and always pray for people that need healing. It's so important because that we've been given that power. So thank you guys and thank you my family. I've loved this place. It's been my home for about five years and hopefully another 50 years. And just a brilliant place. Thank you. My name is Racy, and I'm a bit like Ron. I hadn't planned to stand up, but um, I did early in the year did say to the Lord, if you heal my sister, I'll give glory to you. And that's basically what I'm doing right now. What happened was I went to Germany in May, June this year uh, to spend time with my family. And just two weeks after I came back, I got the bad news that one of my sisters got diagnosed with a very aggressive form of leukemia. So um, that was a big blow. It came totally out of the blue. And um, I managed to arrange to go back to, to Germany in September, October. In the meantime, there was a lot of prayer mobilized everybody, especially in our uh, dinner party group and uh, church friends, um, wherever they were. So um, that was the one thing I could do from so far away. Um, all the rest of the family helped um, on basically uh, in, in Germany. They, they visited her and helped her through everything. So um, I managed to go and um, see for myself, spend time with my sister, and she's actually doing incredibly well. She, um, they haven't um, detected any more cancer cells um, in her body. Uh, she is still on ongoing chemo, and some days are better, other days are not so good, and she needs to take those tablets for the next 12 months. We're just hoping that she can tolerate them, but she's doing remarkably well, and uh, for her to actually be still alive at Christmas time, because as I said, she's only been given five weeks to live um, without any treatment, and um, she's gone through everything with an amazing peace at one uh, stage um, she actually did say to me when I talked to her in a quiet moment um, uh, how she was and how everything is going she said oh well sometimes I think there's something wrong with me because I just um, go through it I just do it I live every day and um, I don't seem to worry too much about it and I said well that was one of the things we prayed for that she would have peace throughout the process and um, it is actually really remarkable. So um, I just want to say thank you, Lord, for yeah, sparing her life. And um, yeah, that's it. Hi, guys. I'm Jan. Jeez, I'm so sorry. Um, I'm just so grateful to be part of this church. A little hard for me to talk at the moment. But God's guided me to be here and, and said that. And I'm so grateful for everything in my life. But most of all, I was living in a beautiful little unit for two and a half years and was where I thought I was going to be. But God had another plan. It was time for me to move. And at 75 and on a pension, it's not easy to find a home. And I went through a lot trying to find that home. And thank God for this girl's daughter, who on Facebook, there was a message come up, and she messaged me and said, Jan, are you still looking for a home? And I said, yes. And thank God 
within the next 12 hours. I have my little home and I'm so grateful for it. And there's so many things in my life I'm grateful for, but most of all the people that are in my life. But I'm also going through a time that I have this pain. It's trigeminal neuralgia, which is nerve pain, which just is like electric shock. And it frees you, and you can't speak, or you can't eat. And I'm not going to let it control me. And I wasn't going to let it control me to get up here and say things. So bless you all. And believe God is with us, even when we're going through the darkest time. He's with us. So hang on to him. God bless you. Bless you, Jan. Hello, church. My name is Kelly. Um, some of you may never see me before, but here I am with the mic. Um, that big fella up here before, I am his uh, big daughter as well. And I did not take after my mother, if you can see me. So anyway, that's just a little background. Um, I have had an amazing year. I've had a hectic year. But the one thing that the Holy Spirit just put on my mind, has anyone seen The Amazing Race? And you get to, they do everything right. You've got the teams that are killing it and they're just like, they're hitting all the benchmarks like, yes, 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 yes. And then they put the two feet on the mat, they pick up the car and it's like, rip, here we go, a detour. Okay, so that I feel like can exemplify everybody's Christian walk ever. You, it doesn't matter what you've been doing or what you haven't been doing. <laughs> I swear at every juncture, at every turning point, you are getting a detour. It is not matching up to what you had in your head of the direction you were going. But I'm here to testify today is that do we believe God is directing our path? Do we believe that God is directing our path to the blessings? Yes, because often the Christian walk is he's directing my path. I'm heading towards the blessings. I'm heading towards the blessings. Detour. Okay, not the blessing. Not the blessing I was thinking of. Detour. Okay, not that one. All right. All right. And that is this Christian walk. Blessings come up, correct, but rejection comes up as well. And my biggest lesson for this year and the thing that, yes, trust God, trust God, close my eyes. Oh, did it come? Did it come through? No, it didn't. Okay, trust God, trust, trust God. Did it come through? Oh, yes, it did. Great. Amazing. Trust God. But that place doesn't change. You trust God. He is, do you believe he's directing your path? This is what this Christian walk is. If, God, if I trust God and God is directing our path, then all is well. Peace is by your side. I boast in all things. I boast I'm a Christian. Peace never leaves you. you. You're able to walk in joy because he is the God of your rejection and he is the God of your blessing. And I'm going to take it from Uncle TD today because it is the best way to wrap up 2019. God's rejection is your direction. And there is nothing that explains my year more than that. On paper, I can stand up here and say, I've had an amazing year. I finished law school. The week after I finished law school, I had a job because that job that I was hooked up with only came through about a two-year process of connections I had made that was just rapidly, suddenly, all brought together. But it wasn't suddenly. The only reason I'm able to stand into that blessing and testify that I'm able to finish law school, that I'm able to get straight into work in the centre of Brisbane that I've been declaring for about a year is because I have, and no credit to my own, but I've just put one step in front of the other and regardless of detours or regardless of anything that I'm seeing, walking into my last exam, I had no hope and a prayer of what a job was coming up. 
all I was like, and my parents can testify, calling my mum, mum, <laughs> we're walking one step in front of the other. I had no outcomes. My life on paper looks amazing, but that is only a sheer circumstance, putting one step in front of the other, trusting God that he is directing my path, it is going somewhere. And if you're looking at people who are testifying up here today, it is for no other reason that they're putting one step in front of the other. And that's what this Christian walk is, church. And that's what I want to point to and highlight to everyone. I want to give thanks because the only way that there is joy and peace in my heart is not because I can sit here and go, yay, I've done some amazing achievement. I honestly couldn't care less about what I've achieved because I haven't achieved it. If you knew anything about me, my God, God is alive and real and testify that, oh, Kelly Brown and finished law school. I'm sorry. That is the most ridiculous thing you've ever met in your life. However, don't come to me for advice. I'll point you in the right direction. I do not want to represent anyone. But the main part I want to share with you today that I want to testify and give thanks that God is the God of my blessings, but God is the God of my rejections because I know that he is my direction, he is my path, and I want to give thanks for that today and always. Amen. Thank you, church. My name's Matthew. I'm still coming to get to know a few of you. I've been around this church now for almost two months. Um, and yet, this year has been an interesting one, much on the same sort of theme. Um, probably the last 12 months have been some of the more difficult months of my wife and my, our journey. And it, it's interesting, you know, just you, you put everything together and where you've come from and things you've had to experience and and uh, you just see this thread. But the Lord was really working this year on, on teaching me a number of things. Um, really teaching me that the, the issues of trust. You know, do, you say you trust. Or I, I, I said that I trust him, but did I really trust him? So at one point in the year, I had no job, no car, no house. Um, and being the person I am, I was, that was really tough. And... I was thinking, right, Lord, you know, kind of like Job went through a period, you know, where he, he was sort of recollecting, you know, I, I've served you, and I've done this, and I've done this, and I've done this, and, and, and he's like, yes, yeah, so? Do you trust me? And I'm like, okay, fine, well, you know, a year previous, uh, I hadn't seen my, I hadn't seen my parents in six years, so We'd bought tickets, and so I had no job, no house, no car, and now I'm not even in the country. And I'm like, do I even bother to come back? And, and, uh, and we, we landed. When we returned, we landed, and we, we had a couple of nights stay with some friends of ours. And then within less than a week, we had a job, a car, and a house. So the Lord was faithful, as he always is. But what I learned through that was not so much about God's provision because I've seen it, I've experienced it, and, and you know, I've witnessed and prayed for that for people. And so I know God is the provider. No, no questions asked. The trust was there, but, but to the, a different level now that, I, that he's walked me through this year in trusting him in that storm, you know, they're going across the, the, the waters and the storm's brewing and Jesus is asleep. And they're all freaking out. And, and you know, wake him up, you know. But we don't have to, if, we, if, we, if I really trust him, then I can, I can trust him in that, the whole thing, I can be peaceful in that moment. I can be joyful in that moment. I can be thankful in that moment. Because when it says be thankful in all things, 
And, and when we bring our supplications, bring that with thankfulness. And so he's taught me a completely different area of thankfulness this year. Um, and, and just being able to let go and let him be God and not try and tell God what to do <laughs> and, and just really do it. And so in all of that, I really felt, you know, I, I've been in church community for a very long time. We are at Suncoast for many years and went to Melbourne, had an opportunity to work with some amazing men and women of God down in, in, in Victoria and then came back. But when we came back due to various circumstances, we, we just, sort of, just sort of, you know, drifted around didn't really plant anywhere. And this year, when we came back from the United States, I said, "Hun, we need a place to plant. And she said, babe, if we're going to do that, I need a place that I feel there's authenticity. And I said, I think I know a place, but I only know the pastor. But he's the most authentic man I know. And so we came. And on that day, the first day, different things that had happened and that were said, all I can say is I am so thankful for all of you and so thankful for the Spirit of God here because she felt the authenticity. And so now we have a place to call home. And, and that's probably the biggest thanks I have for this year. Well, I'm sure... We could keep doing this all day. We could do this all year probably. There's, there's that many stories and testimonies. And uh, Are you guys encouraged here this morning? Are you encouraged hearing what God has done through other people's lives and is, is doing in people's lives? No matter where your situation is right now, God can come through and God can do a miracle in your life. So uh, uh, let's, let's just give a round of applause to everyone who shared their, uh, shared their testimony today. For some people, that was a, it was a really big deal uh, to, to be able to be open with us and share what they've gone through. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.